Good morning, and welcome to another episode of the Hourglass Project podcast. This is, well, me, Sean, and I'm the host of this podcast, and I just want to say thank you once again for tuning in. I wanted to do another episode because the last one was actually so popular, and I actually didn't expect it to pick up as much as it did, which was fat loss challenges suck. And I really showed about how much I despised fat loss challenges. These are things that I think personally just don't have a very long-term shelf life, especially when it comes to the individual to come through. Now, I'm not going to say here, sit here and stand and go, hey, look, I've never done one of these before with my clients because I have. And this was where the fitness industry was still very primitive and I myself was still a very new personal trainer. Now, what people do want is to have a fat loss, but the mindset change is what I'm really trying to put out there because even though you want to lose fat, people will try and do it for only 10 or 12 weeks and then they eventually just give up. This obviously doesn't give you a very long-term health goal. So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you three things that you can do instead of a fat loss challenge. We will still result in, guess what? fat loss. And I guarantee if you do this for 12 weeks, like you would with this challenge, you're still going to get a great results all the way through, including getting leaner, getting stronger, measurements going down. But even saying that, you're going to see yourself having curves as well. So maybe your glutes will grow, your legs will start to look nicer and defined, as well as your shoulders and arms too. Guess what? You'll probably start to build that hourglass um, body that, well, that's why you're listening to this as well. So before we get started, I would love it if you could please um, leave me a five-star or four-star review on Apple Podcasts. I really want to grow this podcast and share it with a friend if you found it useful. You might have to wait to the end for that one. Okay, so instead of doing just a general fat loss and eat at a deficit and try and do this for as long as possible, especially for the 12 weeks, I want you to start to think of this first one, and this is actually Get Stronger. The majority of people who actually come through 12-week challenges are generally people who have never trained for a long time or they've stuck in a rut. And both of these people always have one thing in common. They're very weak. They're very weak for either their body weight ratio or the fact that they haven't been so trained in such a long time, they actually become detrained. So it's no surprise that when you get these beginners who come through or these people who are very deconditioned who come through fat loss challenges and they're just overall weaker than what they used to be or how they should be. So how do you start to get stronger? Now this is gonna be a concept what we call progressive overload. And I'm not gonna lie, this shit is pretty simple. You pick something up, look at the weight. So say if you do something, say let's go goblet squats and you do it for five kilos and you're doing it for 10 reps, and that's the maximum that you can do, go ahead and the next week use six kilos or seven kilos. What I'm really trying to frame in mind is that every two or three weeks, you should be trying to increase that weight. And if you're listening to this, you've already made the first step of getting stronger mentally, so I believe that you can actually get stronger with a weight as well. Now there's dumb ways to do this too, so please don't confuse this with other motions. So for example, if you've got five kilos and you're like, oh, that's my maximum next week, I'm gonna go straight to 15 kilos, you're gonna go down a very painful route. I really don't want that for you, so please don't do that. And if you're looking for a a safe weight range to be uh, jumping, 
I would say somewhere between 10 or 15%. So for example, if you're doing 10 kilos for 10 reps and that's close to your maximum, maybe try the 12 kilos next week, you might get somewhere between eight and 10. Another way to get stronger through progressive overload as well is actually trying to see if you can get more reps with the same weight. So maybe your program, and this is how I write my programs, it says three sets of 10 to 12, and you did 10 reps of five kilos of your squats, next week you just do 12 reps of five kilos with your squats. And obviously if you might be a little bit stronger, you might be doing this with a barbell back squat with 40 kilos and 45 kilos and 50 kilos. The concept is still very much the same. Now there are other ways to find out if you're getting stronger too. One of them is actually with range of motion. So if you're learning something absolutely brand new, so this is more so going to be with more my beginners that are listening to this show, but this also really works really well for the intermediates who are learning new exercises because after a while, once you've hit a certain threshold, you do have to expose yourself to new exercises. So some of these new exercises could be going from a conventional deadlift to a sumo deadlift. Now your technique starts to get better too and that's a sign of actually you getting stronger because you're making progressive overload over time. So don't underrate yourself or don't underestimate yourself when you'll see yourself getting better with movement and technique with the same weight. The last one that I'm gonna say on how to get stronger, I'm giving you three tips for this one apparently. The last one I'm gonna say is actually having better control, especially when you're using tempo. Now for the ladies out there, I do have a lot of exercises like Romanian deadlifts, barbell hip thrusts, even lat pull downs and chin ups, where I'll give a focus on having control on the way down or a certain point. So for the Romanian deadlifts, this could be three seconds on the way down versus a lat pull down where it's three seconds squeeze at the chest. Now you're getting stronger if you can have better control of those squeezes with the same weight. Now it has to be of some sort of reasonable amount as well. So for example, if you're doing a Romanian deadlift and you're doing it with 45 kilos and you're doing it really well with two seconds on the way down, but not quite that strict three seconds, in the next session, you may be doing 45 kilos for three seconds on the way down. Same thing with those barbell hip thrusts. You could be holding three seconds at the top. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, I've been trying this out and I'm really sorry, but it works so good and it hurts a lot too. But having those three second squeezes at the top, you start to feel yourself getting stronger. You know, I can actually do more reps and that's how you know. So if you haven't heard it already, first up, get stronger. Because the majority of people, like I said, the ladies who go through some of these fat loss challenges and unfortunately is you're not probably strong enough. Number two, the biggest thing that a lot of people tend to do in 12 week challenges is yes, they actually start to hit them straight into a deficit. Now I'm gonna say for you out there, try and eat at a maintenance amount of calories. The reason why I actually like this a lot more is that most people who tend to come to these challenges they actually are reading, eating pretty bad anyway. So when we start to change what they're eating and still maintaining their body weight, so to speak, and just changing the composition, think about like changing ingredients inside a cooking recipe. You don't wanna change the quantity, you just wanna change the value of what you're putting into it. I don't know if I lost you on that one. I lost myself on that one, if I'm being honest. So let's change that up again. We do this all in one take. What we're gonna do is we're gonna just focus on trying to change what the amount of food you're eating with ingredients, as opposed to trying to change the actual total amount of calories that you're having. 
So if someone's eating say 1,500 calories, but it's a pretty poor amount, I would try and give them a good amount of 1,500 calories, trying to hit whole based foods as well. Now there's gonna be some rules and exceptions to this rule. So for example, we have someone who's only eating 800 calories, you definitely wanna be eating a lot more food because you're not allowing your body to be healthy to actually be prepared for bodily changes. For most people as well, this is when we start to change your calories, but at maintenance, if you're eating somewhere between 2,000 or 2,500 calories because you're eating a lot of say fast food and processed foods, we know that if we can change that food to be more whole based, that in turn already changes your calories too. So we're not trying to get you straight into a deficit. We're also trying to see how we can make the foods in your day a lot more whole based. And for those of you who don't know, processed foods are still useful but there is research to show that if you have more processed foods, you'll be eating somewhere between 300 to 600 more calories because of how it's made, the palatability as well, and also the digestion factor. So being able to eat more processed, sorry, less processed foods and moving more to a whole-based nutrition diet, about 80 to 90% of your whole day, that in turn is gonna just change your calories anyway. So I know it sounds a little bit silly to go, I'm not gonna change your calories, but we want to actually do it indirectly by having a addition, sorry, subtraction by addition mindset. And I've said this quite a few times with each of my podcasts, and I found that this is one of the best tools I had with people, having these small little non-negotiables of uh, addition, subtraction by addition. And this starts to push other things off your plate, and we're just using it as a positive mindset. Because when I tell people, you have to do this, you have to do that, 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 or you can't have this, you can't have that, they actually start to pull back and go, I can't have that, it seems so restrictive. So instead what I say is you must do these things which are a little bit healthier for you, have an apple every day, drink two liters of water, get three or four servings of veggies, maybe have three or four servings of protein, and anything else after that, if you feel really good, yeah, you can have it on top, maybe have that little bit of ice cream. But most likely, once they've hit these things here, and they try and do it as best they can throughout the day, and they try and add something in the back end, they're actually too full. And like, oh, actually, I don't need that. I actually kind of feel pretty good. So for you out there, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about doing that fat loss challenge, double check what are they gonna do for you because they could just be kicking you out after the 12th week and go, hey, look, that's all you're gonna get right now and you have no actual um, long-term benefit from it. And that's what we wanna try and avoid for a lot of people out there because it starts to put a bad stigma on people. Bit of a side story as well, I once met this guy who did a 12 week challenge at the gym I was training at. He did really well, lost about 30 kilos in 12 weeks, but he was going through such a restrictive amount that on the back end, he actually gained those 40 kilos back again and more after a few years because he never got into the habit of actually exercising. And the nutrition itself was so restrictive. He was of Malaysian descent, like myself, being Singaporean. I related when he was like, but this food here makes me feel so good but he ended up over consuming it and over the years obviously that piled up. And here's the kicker as well, the prize at the end was something like two and a half thousand dollars. But what does money cost at the cost of health? So I wanna make sure you understand that these long-term results don't come from the short-term um, short rewards of just fat loss and also money. You want to make sure that you, what you're doing this, you're going to be doing this for a long time. It's painful to actually talk about that because when we think about it, there's only one person that can actually do this and it's ourselves. And it can be scary. 
but I'm going to tell you right now that you can do it. Hence why you're obviously listening to this, but I want to make sure that you always get that positive reinforcement in case you don't get that enough. Before we move on to step number three, by the way, if you want to talk more about your mindset or even have questions as well and be more reactive with me or I can actually be more reactive with you and we can get to um, know each other more, I do have a free Facebook group as well and that link is just in the description box below. Every week I try and make sure that's very engaging, asking questions and you have the opportunity to ask a question if you need to as well. So feel free to join that one there. Now, this last one, if you want to be able to stick to something, especially when it comes to a program that's going to help you, you've got to make sure that you understand that these are habits because we just don't want this to be another fat loss challenge where you're kicked out in the butt end and making sure that you just don't have anything tangible to take with you for the rest of your life. Even saying that as well, you may be taking away the bad lessons of it, like those last little kilos where you're trying to lose one or two kilos towards the end so you can win this challenge, so to speak. So... What I'm going to say right here is start to make sure you understand what the habits are that are going to help you. The first one I'm going to really talk about in terms of habits is hitting your protein per day. Now, for those of you who don't know what your protein targets are per day, I'm going to give it to you in a more specific way and maybe for someone who's less specific. So the first one being more specific when we're talking about protein targets, you want to be looking at your target weight um, and convert that into pounds. So for example, if you happen to be 50 kilos, convert that to pounds, you're roughly around 95 to 100 pounds. Now from there, we wanna have one gram per pound of protein per body weight. So you're looking roughly at 50 kilos, you're gonna be eating 90 to 95 grams of protein per day. Now if you're thinking that's 95 grams of chicken, that's not it. What you want to do is you want to find the amount of food that you're eating and find what the value of protein it is. So for example, if you type into MyFitnessPal 100 grams of chicken breast, I don't have MyFitnessPal open with me, but it's roughly around 27 to 33 grams of protein for that chicken breast, which is 100 grams in weight. That's going to be what we're looking for. So you need to probably eat 300 grams of chicken breast as an example to help you get that. Now, of course, there are so many other things that you can eat that are also protein-based. Now, that's the more specific way of how to find out what your protein target is. For some exceptions to the rule, you may be using something closer to your target weight as a marker of what you should use. So if your target weight is to get to 60 kilos, that's roughly around 130 grams of protein, so 130 pounds that's going to be 130 grams of protein. Now, the less specific way is actually still trying to find out what that target weight is or your body weight is, and that's going to give you your protein target. But what I like to do with this one is divide it by 30, and that will give you how many palm sizes of protein that you should have. For those of you who don't know, um, I am a nutrition coach too, so I have done the Precision, precision Nutrition Level 1 uh, course. And so... What we use is our palm size measurement, and I actually got my palm open right now. So from my wrist all the way around to the base of my thumb, to the base of my fingers, that's my palm size. And we're looking at something that's palm thickness as well. This actually is one serving of protein. It's not super accurate, but it is very usable for people out there. So if you're using something like this, and you have 95 grams as an example of protein to eat per day, 
using three palm sizes of protein using the hand measurement. And you can literally just kind of measure it by eyeball, which is absolutely fine. This is gonna be a really useful tool for you to get there. Now it's not super specific, but it's better than not measuring anything at all. So if you don't know that one, feel free to use it. Palm size of protein, divide by 30 from your goal, or you can actually use the body weight and you can times that into pounds or convert it to pounds. And then after that, we'll give you a protein target goal. That's one habit you wanna to get to. Now that actually was pretty useless unless you know how to do it. So I'm gonna give you an example. So for most ladies out there, there'll be somewhere between three and five grams of, so three and five palm sizes of protein, which is roughly 90 to 150 grams of protein. I don't really tend to see a lot of ladies more than 130 grams. So when we're hitting those ones, this is one that can help you out. First of all is getting a protein shake. One shake every single day will give you 25 grams, pretty much guaranteed. And for the lighter ladies as well, that's gonna be one third of your protein intake. After that, you get two palm sizes of protein throughout your day, one for lunch and one for dinner. Very simple. Some examples of what you can do, and for those of you who are listening out there, my wife is actually on holiday for 10 days, so I've left home to fend for myself, and I need to find very simple ways because of my long hours at work or awkward hours at work. So one of the things I actually did was I actually got some salmon and I just chucked it into the air fryer for 12 minutes, a little salt and pepper, went into the shower and that's my protein serving and I'll eat it on the side of some rice or some vegetables as well, some noodles on one of the other days as well. So you've got some more options in that retrospect. Another thing that you can do is you can get some of these protein-based yogurts as well. Now, where I am in Australia, you can get some protein-based yogurts that have 30 grams of protein in it. And that's amazing. They actually taste pretty good too. So I think anywhere in the world, you can get Chobanis now. And if you haven't seen them yet, look out for them. Small little tubs, they're about one or two dollars. They'll actually get you very far as well. And that's also a serving of protein, somewhere between 20 and 30 grams of protein. On top of that, if you struggle, you can and I'm not sure about where you ladies might be, but once again, where I am, you can get sliced chicken breast. That's very easy, it's already cooked, and you can put that into any meal that you wish or have it on the side as well. This will also help you get your protein. But one thing, one thing that I have found very surprising for ladies out there who have, I mentioned this to, and they really enjoy it, especially when it comes to breakfast, is getting a cup of oats and putting it into a bowl mixing it with either milk or water, whatever your preference is, just enough to cover the surface, put it into the microwave for about 60 to 90 seconds. I'm gonna make one of these afterwards. And then using your protein shake into your oats and mixing it up. Now, that is actually one of the best things I've ever had and it takes you less than two minutes to make and it tastes so good. So if you haven't tried that already, I guarantee it, if you try it and you have a good protein powder that you already enjoy and you're drinking on the side, this is a great way for you to get your protein too. And hopefully those are some ideas that you can use. Now I wanna use some other habits that are gonna help you for these 12 week challenges and that were tangible and very easy to do. So as much as I like to say, get your sleep in, which I would put there as an invisible amount of tips, but as much as I like to say, get your sleep in, that can be really hard for some ladies out there because of say kids or a busy time in your career. So other things that you can do instead We'll be spending some time outside in the sun, getting your steps in. 
and somewhere between 7,500 and 10,000 steps I have found to be very realistic and very easy for ladies out there to get. And the one thing that I want you to really take into emphasis of this is don't let anyone take your time for you and actually use this walking time for either self-reflection to wind down or just because it's you time. That's what you want to do. And you can do other things along with that. Watch some TV, listen to a podcast, reflect on how your day is or what you want to do as well. Now, I find that really useful for me and I know that I get a lot of guilt when I know that I want to do something, but I'm very lucky that I'm in a fortunate position where I can do that. So if you think that you are feeling bad about taking time for yourself to go for a 10 or 15 minute walk to get some steps in for you to be able to wind down and reflect, I'm going to hear, be here and say, yes, this is something that is worth your time. It's great for you and you shouldn't feel guilty because I want you to look after yourself before you start looking at other things as well to fill your cup. Now, that's why three things that I want to share with you to do instead of these fat loss challenges because I actually really hate them. They're just so much negativity with fat loss already. But one of the things especially is that it just gives such a bad rap of what the fitness industry really should be. We should be using these practices to help us feel better about our day as opposed to just focusing on fat loss, which is the ultimate goal for a lot of ladies out there. But when you start to think of it as, hey, look, I'm going to make sure I look after myself by getting stronger, eating whole-based foods, feeling good, and actually start to practice eating really well instead, these are things that will get you further and farther in your process and further and farther in your journey too. And that's what I want to really put out there. So if you don't know that already, I hopefully, I hope this is going to help you out. Maybe this is what you need to send to a friend and who's just jumping from fat loss challenge to another fat loss challenge to another fat loss challenge because we need to start looking at this as like how do we start to develop a healthier life and perspective and relationship with nutrition and exercise as well. So thank you once again, ladies, for listening to the Project Hourglass podcast. Um, I want to give you a bit of a reward if you listened up to this far. Down in the description box below, we can. You, if you are stuck in your training, I have a webinar that gives you five tips and breaks down what exactly you can do to get unstuck so that you can break that plateau to start getting stronger, to start getting fitter, to start seeing more definition in your you know, legs, glutes, arms, and shoulders. So feel free to go into that. You just need to click the link and it will take you to the webinar that I have for you. And the last thing is I do have some spots for one-on-one coaching with Project Hourglass. And if you want to work one-on-one with me to help you get to your best, start feeling stronger, start to define your body and start making better food decisions to reach your potential, feel free to apply and we can start to arrange a time to work together with you. Thank you so much once again, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Hourglass Project. Take care and keep building momentum.